0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of I'm Rana and Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We have a packed, packed, packed show for you today. How is everybody doing today? I trust everybody's doing fine. I am so behind because there was so much that I wanted to bring you today. Got a lot of videos made. Uh, three, actually three uh, fairly good-sized videos But that really got the message that I really want to get message. One is about Joe Manchin and the third party and what would he really bring. The other one is uh, the West Bank that we are pretty much forgetting about. And the other one, of course, is the warning that we have Latinos, Latinos, the demographic that Democrats just believe that they own. It's coming to pass that it's not going to be the case. It seems like I got a caller already. Welcome aboard. Hello, this is Politics Done Right. Do you have something to tell on Politics Done Right? I guess not. All right. Anyhow, folks, uh, anyhow, folks, uh, welcome to Politics Done Right. E2247 is in the house. Welcome, E2247. We also have. Alistair Waters. Alistair Water is in the house. Okay, let's see if that's really somebody trying to get in and talk to us. All right, this is Politics Unright. Would you like to say something on air? Hello? Yes, this is Politics Unright. How can I help you?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh send uh, my co-workers sent send the email to you to uh, looking for the quote. And uh, so Hi, mm-hmm. so this is the reason I I call you back. So my company name is J uh is CH elephant Automation Incorporation. This is Jason.
0: Oh, okay, this is a wrong number, sir. This is a television show. Thank you. All right. Anyhow folks, uh let's go ahead and um get this going. I am not sure what that was all about, but whatever the case may be, welcome aboard Alistair Waters, welcome aboard. Uh, Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Lee Grant, <clears throat> Welcome aboard. And I continue to scroll down. Uh, let's see. Welcome abro- aboard. Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. Uh, bit, Bruce Pollard is in the house. Uh, we also have Melanie Keelan is in from... Uh, Barcelona, Spain. We also have, uh, of course, Michael Rudnett is here in the house. We have, I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down to make sure I miss nobody because, you know, I liked John Carter is in the house, folks. John Carter is going to be on live early morning tomorrow at on the KPFT show. And we're probably going to replay uh, some of that on the later show, depending on how we do the interview. It all depends on our callers. Sometimes our callers call in and change the show completely, but that's, we'll see what happens. John Carter, welcome aboard. Who else is here that I'm missing? Who else is here that I'm missing? I think I've got everybody in now. I need to make sure uh to get my YouTube channel up on the road because, you know, I need to make sure that the signals are coming in just as they should. So as I am doing that right this minute, I am about to say, okay, you will have my full attention right this minute. Anyhow, let's start reading what you guys are talking about. You know, it's your show. All right, let's see what we got. Uh, from E2247. E2-2, I'm going to try it again. Mitakuye Owasia adapte wabeti. I don't know. I tried. All my relatives, good day. Today's visit will be the greatest ever visits. That's what he usually says. E2247, you know, we love to have you. Michael Rudnan says, feeling sleep deprived, watching from Twitch for a little while. Michael, we'll take whatever we can from you. Uh, let's see what else we got. We also got Alistair says, little throwback. LOL. Truth out from Michael Rudnan. Police violent attack demonstrators, violently attack demonstrators at ceasefire protests. At uh, let's see, at the DNC headquarters, organizers of the protest. We've got another call. Come on in, brother Ray from Third War. Talk to me, Ray. How are you doing? Yes, this is not a sales call. <laughs> I know it's not a sales call. So, uh, I, I, I saw I bro, saw I'm the just, number I'm- and I remembered it. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm just, I'm just, uh, funning with you, but, um, yeah, I, uh, was able to catch the morning show, uh, but it was pretty active and, uh, I just felt like this is a, a much better opportunity to say what I wanted to say. So, um, what Gonzalo, I believe it was said, yeah, um, he said that, you know, um, Republicans display more, they, they, they have more cojones is what he said. And and, oh, and yeah. I felt what he was saying. Right. Was it Gonzalo or was it? Yeah. No, no, so it wasn't Gonzalo, what it was I wanted Emmanuel. To... It was Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, Gonzalo. I said was Emmanuel, my bad. Um but Emmanuel did say um basically um they give the perception of strength. Yes. And yes. the perception of of leadership and the perception it's all it's all a paper tiger in my in my mind it's like you you know got all this bark and when it really comes down to protecting the rights and the interests of the American people you know it, it, it all falls by the wayside because at the end of the day the conservative vision of freedom is only about three things freedom is guns. Freedom is telling everybody else what God they should worship. You know, freedom is telling those other people to stay across the border. That's what their vision, that's their narrow scope of what freedom is. And unfortunately, there's, you know, a population in our society that, you know, that buys into
0: it, lock, stock and barrel, you You know, know, like, you know, and capitalism, That's freedom, too. I forgot capitalism. Right. Let me interrupt you here, because this is why I like the interaction with people calling in, typing in, chatting in, because... What you said there, the uh, you know, when uh, the person, OK, uh, Emmanuel said uh, that the Republicans showed more cojones, but you know what he meant. And Derek felt upset with Emmanuel because Emmanuel uh, voted with the cojones for one of the times that he did vote. And that's where I tried it. I tried to make peace there. But I wish you had called in because that is what I really want. When I was explaining to Derek what Emmanuel meant. Those are the words I should have used when you said the perception of. And if I had used the perception of in the argument or if you had called in and used the perception of, then immediately Derek would have understood instead of me having to go around that big circle that I did to try to say, hey, we're on the same playing field, you know. So that is why many. Yeah, and I heard are Derek. Always better.
1: Right. And and Derek wasn't necessarily off. But, you know, Derek was very impassioned with what he said. Right. But I heard what he was saying. Like, basically, you know, it's sad that, you know, I, I've heard, you know, people say things like, well, when a Republic is in the office, my taxes are lower. When a right. Republican is in office, this, that and other. You know, I don't know why, but maybe. Maybe I have a different perception, but as a millennial growing up as a as a child in the 90s of of the Clinton era and then, you know, having to shift into the Bush era. I can definitively say, you know, growing up as a millennial, my life was always more difficult when a Republican was in office. I don't know who these people are. No, 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 no. Again,
0: no, let me explain that. That one, I can tell you the reason why, uh, Ray, and that is remember the demographic that work. when somebody says my taxes are lower, they only see that when they're at a particular income level. Now, if you are with the Republicans where they cut Uh, a a, a person that's dependent on some food stamps, some child credits, and all these other issues where Republicans are not good at, you're going to see a drop. When it comes to Republicans, if you're making $100,000, a family of two, making a couple hundred thousand dollars, you see a slight uh, uh, tax benefit. Uh, uh, Trump was even more deceptive. He made them take you remember, you know, when you're filling out your W4 forms, you put the number of deductions like one, two, three, four or whatever uh, that Trump gave a lot of people the impression that they were making more money by by making those deductions mean something else so that their checks got bigger. But at the end of the year. Many people got a smaller tax return or they found out that they owed taxes at the end of the year. So for 11, 12 months, they thought they were doing better until April 15th came around. So there are a whole lot of magical things that Republicans would do to give you the semblance, like you said, the semblance of doing good for some people. Anyway, uh, uh, anything else you want to add, Brother Ray?
1: I just want to know who are these working class people that are doing better, you know, during the Republican times of, of our society. I just don't know. I mean, you even said it in your book and I'm, and then I'll let you go. But I mean, you have said it in your book. It's factually stated that when Democrats are in power in the federal government, mm-hmm. our economy does better. The general population of the majority does better. So who are these people that I know are not making over $250,000? Oh, and what what Emmanuel said, he was in the military. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Of course, they're going to pay more to take you to the military because they
0: want to give you a higher price where you're willing to die for it. Thank you. There you go. But there you go. And uh, one other thing before you go that I want to say about who are these people Remember, uh, the people who have the wherewithal all of the times, and I I think Emmanuel alluded to that, he has the ability to sit back and take calls. He has the ability to have two incomes, retirement from the military at the same time that he works a civil service job, at the same time that they can collect many benefits. I have a lot of military guys that they do very, very well because of that three, three incomes that they're getting at the same time. But thank you very much for calling, Brother Ray. All right. And yeah, when it comes to voting Republican in this day and age, ain't nobody got time for that. There you go. Thank you, brother. Peace. All right. Let's get Uh, back. Michael uh, Rudnan. I read Rudnin already. Let's go ahead and see. Michael Rudnin, the long one, says several organizations, including Jewish for Peace, not now, members of the Democratic Socialists of America and others held a peaceful vigil outside the DNC at 7 p.m. I saw that on TV. Eastern Time Wednesday protesters lit over 11,200 candidates. You guys finished reading that there because I have a lot to Uh, play right now. Bruce says, lining up, I hear the views. I really want you to listen to the the several things that we're going to have here, but I'm going to start with the Latino thing uh, in, in, in a minute. 39 days per day average, 31 Israeli kills, 177 injured per day, while 295 Gazans kill plus 764 injured per day. Very disproportionate. That's called asymmetric, real, real asymmetric warfare british NCP says univision not good lee grant says as i've said before there are battles of this global war here in the u.s protesters clash with police outside of the democratic national that's what arden was talking about look folks the truth of the matter is we need a ceasefire now believe your eyes only one side of that border is being decimated even when When uh, when uh, those terrorists in Gaza are shooting rockets out, have you ever seen something that looked like how Gaza looks right now? Bruce says the PDR is looking into a place you with an AI robot. The PDR is looking into replacing you with an AI robot. Come on, Bruce. All right. Let's see what else I got here. Great effort, Egberto. Gracias. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Bruce says, I know you are busy, but please. November 15, news hour, 33 minutes, inch. Uh, November 15, News Hour, 33 minutes. I'm not sure what you're saying, Bruce, so I'm off to call you about that to see what we're talking about. Uh, Bridge MCP says, wonderful here last few days, Sunday. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm going to play my first video and then I'm going to get back to you folks. So let's talk about what the Democratic Party is doing with respect to Latinos, Univision. Let's go. Yes, we have been hyperventilating about polls, how Biden is down in the polls, which speaks not too well for Democrats. Of course, recently we had the big wins in Virginia and these other places. So Democrats, the the message is mixed. Biden is not liked. Biden is making himself even less liked as he hugs on Netanyahu, as he continues to support Netanyahu and the massacre Netanyahu is effecting in Gaza, he continues to hang on to him, so his poll numbers between with with the youth uh, people of color continue to tank. all right. if that wasn't bad enough, I think the absolute worst message that has come out this week is this story about Univision. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side because there's a lot of work that needs to be done on this, but more importantly. We have to learn with what's occurring at Univision right now, we have to learn the Fox News analogy and where we failed in allowing Fox News to take the minds of many. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other
2: side. Before he was even elected president. For asking a question. Okay, who's uh, next? Yeah, please. Trump, Excuse me, sit down, you weren't called. Sit down. No, no. Sit down. I have the right to ask the question. Go back to and Univision. Sit down, me. please. With those ideas, you weren't no, called no, 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 Trump looks over at his staff,
3: a bodyguard walks over and ushers me, Ramos me,
2: out of the news don't conference. Touch. The journalist Trump had his security kick out from that press conference was Jorge Ramos, one of the most prominent Latino journalists in the country. Now Ramos has conducted extended interviews with George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama. Jorge Ramos is a huge deal. But Donald Trump wanted nothing to do with him. Ramos repeatedly and publicly asked Trump to sit for an interview. And Trump not only declined, but he posted a photo online of a letter Ramos had sent him, claiming that Ramos and his employer Univision were begging, begging him for an interview. Trump's relationship to Ramos and Univision stayed icy throughout his presidency. In 2020, the Trump campaign even put out this press release titled Univision is not a news network. It is a leftist propaganda machine and a mouthpiece of the Democrat Party. And that history is why it was so shocking last week when Univision had an hour long interview with Donald Trump in which he was thrown softball questions like this one.
4: Talking about polls, the New York Times, Siena poll came out this week. It has you with a solid lead in five of the six states that could decide the election. But it also has you with 42 percent of Latino voters support. That's unprecedented for a Republican candidate. What do you think the, the, the message voters are sending with these numbers?
2: Now, the only thing weirder than asking, why are you doing so well with Latino voters, is probably Trump's response to that question. Well, the Latino vote is so incredible. Because they're unbelievable people. They have uh, incredible skills, incredible energy, and they're very entrepreneurial. All you have to do is look at the owners of Univision, um, they're unbelievable entrepreneurial people, and they like me. Trump's praise of Univision and its owners was strange. But as more reporting has come out about this interview, things have gotten even stranger. Last week, Semaphore reported that three top executives at Univision and its new parent company, Televisa, were in the room during that interview with Trump. Now, that is not entirely crazy on its own. Sometimes executives just show up when high profile interviews are happening. But this week, The Washington Post reports that that wasn't the only strange thing about that interview with Trump. According to The Post, Univision canceled a booking with President Biden's Hispanic media director, Maka Cascado, who is scheduled to respond to the Trump interview after it aired. And maybe most significantly of all, Univision canceled ads that had already been purchased by the Biden campaign and scheduled to run during the Trump interview. Univision told The Washington Post that its decision not to run those Biden ads came from an unannounced policy about opposition advertising in single candidate interviews and that there would be no Trump advertising allowed if President Biden gave Univision an interview. So far there is no planned interview with President Biden. And all week we have been getting alarming stories alleging that Univision has been making editorial and business decisions that seem to directly benefit Donald Trump. And then tonight, just a few hours ago, one of the network's most prominent anchors, Leon Krause, announced that he has left the network. Now we should say that Krause has not yet announced why he has left Univision. But the timing here, just a day after the Post's reporting about Univision shifting its approach to Donald Trump. That timing raises some questions because beyond the ethics questions on the table here, Univision's audience matters a lot politically. Last year, Univision had the seventh biggest network audience in all of TV. It is the most watched Spanish language network in the United States. Univision is the channel of choice for a key demographic in this country and one that seems increasingly up for grabs in the next election. If its executives really are shifting the network's approach to covering Trump, asking softball questions, and not pushing back on Trump's line that could have a real impact on the 2024 election.
0: Now, this is important. Yes, Univision is probably edging its bets. Yes, Univision is probably one of those right uh, wing Latino type ownership. I don't know that for a fact, but the mere fact that you give Donald Trump an hour, the mere fact that you prevent advertising from the other side during the Donald Trump uh Donald Trump interview it says something it means that you are on board somehow you're edging your bets in case he wins I don't I don't know but I I, I more think it has to do with new ownership but that said here is the thing we lost progressive lost democrats lost many a people to Fox News and why is that That is because Democrats of the past and still the centrist Democrats of the present, they like to triangulate progressives. They triangulate the progressive values because they themselves aren't true progressives. And what does that mean? That means that they don't go all in with the middle class. They don't go all in with the poor. And in doing so, they've created a vacuum. And who filled that vacuum? Fox News. But Fox News filled that vacuum under the tutelage of the right-wing engine, the the heritage foundations, the uh, the right-wing think tanks, the conservatives. But they had to add some more to the sauce because remember, they're not progressives. They're not there to give their constituency, the constituency that they're going to depend on to win. They're not going to give them... Anything of value, no, no tax breaks uh, specific for you, no, uh, no policies that takes care of your, that helps you take care of your kids, no policies that ensure that you have a living wage, no policies that make sure that you. Or just have a better life, a better income, uh, whether that be uh, a, base, base, a base salary or whatever, winning a living wage. They, they don't have that for you. So the secret sauce Fox News added to keep the people that it wants to keep, the ones that it has the ability to control their minds, is hate. So they preach the hate. But here it's with Univision. Univision was your standard Latino station, Spanish station that concentrated on telenovelas and what we used to call these type of uh, shows like uh, uh, these varieties like shows. You know, typical Latino type television programming. But now they've joined the fold. Fox News have created the model. If you have a population that you think you can get a large sect of them, that's what you do. And that's what Univision may be doing right now. But let's take it a bit further because it's not just Univision. Remember, I said that Fox News filled a vacuum that a triangulating centrist Democratic Party allowed it to create by not being having the reinforcements to depro or to, to prevent, inoculate a group of Americans from being programmed by Fox News. Well, you know, the same thing is happening in the Latino community. They are looking at the Latino community. And by the way, I partake these different communities because I'm a part of the Caribbean community. I'm a part of the Latino community. I'm a part of the black community. So I share that in that interface with them all and can see how the operation is going. If you get onto TikTok right now, If you get onto TikTok and you look at a few Spanish videos, watch the messaging that come to you in Spanish. There are a lot of paid, uh, paid influencers now that are pushing Trump's message. I don't see too many paid Spanish influencers, Latino influencers pushing a, a progressive message. But there are a lot of them on TikToks. Once you listen to some Spanish little telenovelas that they have on TikTok, you know, short uh, two episode, uh, five minute piece episode type telenovelas that are always very interesting, actually like them. But you take a look at them, you watch a few of them and your, your, your TikTok the algorithm starts to throw you Spanish politics and Sp- I mean, Latino type pol- uh, politics, etc. And I tell you what. I've even participated in some of the lives from some of these influencers that jump into my feed. So again, what the what the Trump folks, the the conservative folks, the right-wing folks, the fascist folks are doing is they already have the internet seated from TikTok to Instagram to Facebook, all those ads are there in Spanish, but you see most people, most progressives aren't seeing that, right? Because they're seeing just that good English stuff. And it's just a fight between the Fox News kind of advertising and the ones that maybe a few of the centrists put out and the progressives. Folks, we're not doing our jobs. The Latino community is going to look just like the Fox News community. If this message isn't heated, I've been s- singing this song For over 10 years now, how the Democratic Party, with its elitist people, with the elite, when I say elitist people, I mean elitist consultants, don't know how to talk to these different identities that comprise that big melting pot that is the Democratic Party. And sad. That because it is the, the centrist that controls the party, they have no clue, none whatsoever, in how to deal with the different demographics who yearn the progressive values. They've lost a, a, a large percentage of the Fox News voters. I mean, we're still trying to reach them. We're going to keep trying to reach them. But it, we would never have had to work this far. If we had inoculated those brains away from the evil, that is the right folks. We have the Fox News, folks, the Latinos are next to be turned into the Fox News type voter. Mark my word. We better heed that warning. Mitigate it now. We. that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Anyway, folks, yeah, uh, by the way, Paul Fleming, you were the one who triggered me on the Univision story. Uh, Paul Fleming, that is, because you brought that up yesterday. As you were bringing it up, I got a flash of it on, uh, uh, on MSNBC, and I was attuned to searching for the story, then on the internet and on the TV. So, like I've always said, having the best having the best collaborators with you ensures that all of us are better informed and gives what's needed to go out there and get the job done. So, thank you. We have some new people joining us. In uh, uh, we have Mike Cisac that has joined us, Daniel Lado that has joined us. Uh, who else have we got here? Uh, I think we also have. Uh, uh, more, uh, I know some more. Lee Grant, I used to love Sabado Gigante, but Don Francisco is not there anymore, Lee Grant. Don Francisco retired, and Sabado Gigante was never the same again. I don't watch it anymore. I think it's still on, though. I love. I used to love that variety show. It was wonderful. Uh, let's see what else we got now. Douglas Fleming, welcome aboard to Politics Done Right. Uh, who else have we got? May Wood, welcome aboard. And if I for, if I skipped you because there are a whole bunch of people in this chat, if I missed you, you know, I love you. I will. If I see you, I'll call you out. All right. I'm going to read a couple more before I jump to the other story. Uh, let's see. Uh, Douglas says Gazas are lucky to have a few dead knowing their leaders attack the country and then hid behind them. I'm surprised their debt toll isn't more. Who's debt toll Douglas Fleming? Remember this, please, please. There are uh, there. Are, uh, if, if, if put it this way, our government. Let's let me give an example that I can personalize real quick, and then I got to go to the other video. America came in to Panama to get Manuel Antonio Noriega killed. About ten thousand Panamanians. Some say a thousand, but we know where these people were. So 10, let's say let's put it in that five thousand Panamanians. All right. Uh who uh, who did this military hide behind? They could have come into Panama, march into Panama because they wanted to get Noriega and suffer the consequences of losing a few soldiers as they make sure that they didn't decimate the innocent population. But the United States didn't do that. They just dropped bomb to clean the area out so that they can then go in without much harm to themselves and get out Manuel Antonio Noriega. Uh, Look, there is, when you say people are using people as human shields, Hamas is not using Palestinians as human shields because it's not working. Let's be frank here. Israel cares nothing about a Palestinian life. So you can't use something that another country thinks nothing of and called it a shield. because. Israel is willing to go through that shield, whether that shield be babies, women, men, innocent, them all. They don't care. So they're not human shields. They are not human shields because they, oh, they shield Hamas from nothing. So when you understand that this, the, the inhumanity of that, Then we can have a conversation. Let's go to the other video. This one has to do with uh, what's occurring in Gaza, I mean, in the West Bank. Let's check this out. We'll take it on the other side. The mainstream media continues to cover Gaza in a very, well, most of the mainstream media, that is, to cover Gaza in a very biased manner. They almost treat the Palestinians as afterthought, just like they treated Panamanians after the invasion by the United States that killed thousands of Panamanians to get one person. Same kind of event we're seeing uh, that Israel is doing that in Gaza. It's horrendous that Hamas is a terrible organization, a terrorist organization that kill many Israelis, 1,200 Israelis. But so far now, we have a 10 to 1 rate of killing. Let me tell you, a dead person is a dead person is a dead person. Who should how can we not look at Netanyahu now and put him in any other category other than the same category as Hamas? Given the amount of destruction, murder and death and uh, that's occurring right now in Gaza. Look at Gaza, look at Haifa, look at Tel Aviv, look at Jerusalem. Oh, where who is actually doing damage again? We should remember that. But anyhow, Gaza is not the whole story. And here we have today now an Israeli lawyer, an Israeli lawyer who is revealing a story occurring in the West Bank where settlers are just methodically killing Palestinians and throwing them off of their lands, lands that they've owned for decades. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side.
5: issue, though, that hasn't been covered as much since the war began, and that is the significant increase in Israeli settler violence and threats against Palestinians in the occupied West Bank. A short time ago, I spoke with Israeli human rights lawyer Michael Sfard about what is happening there on the ground. In the West Bank, I want to start with what is happening in the West Bank. Obviously, we have seen settler violence there against Palestinians in the occupied West Bank skyrocketing. Uh, it has been going on for decades, but since October 7th, uh, it has escalated to record levels, uh, according to B'Tselem, the Israeli human rights organization. Uh, at least seven Palestinians now have been killed by Israeli settlers since the war in Gaza. Another 100 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli forces over the same period, according to the United. Nations. What is happening right now in the West Bank as you see it?
4: Well, thank you for having me on the show and thank you for reporting this. Uh, during the fog of war and uh, while the international um, community is focused on Gaza and also so the Israeli public, of course, on the atrocities that uh, uh, the Hamas has committed uh, uh, on October 7th. The settlers and with uh, a lot of aid from the Israeli army are exploiting that time, exploiting the fact that everything is eclipsed by the happenings in Gaza um, and uh, um, the number of uh, violent events uh, that they are targeting small communities, mainly small, uh, remote hamlets of either Bedouins or herding communities in uh, such areas that are not very densely populated like the Jordan Valley and South Mount Hebron. And they do stuff that they have wanted to do for years, and that is to cleanse um, these areas from Palestinians, grab their lands, and they do it by coercive measures, by enormous violence that is repeated night after night until people... Um, are leaving their homes. Um, the Israeli human rights organization, Yashdin, which I serve as their legal, uh, counsel, uh, has, uh, um, documented more than 170 different violent, violent events by settlers against uh, Palestinian communities, Palestinian families from October 7th. That's, that's. Not all of the events there are, that's only the ones that have been reported to each dean, but that's a lot. And the number and the severity are just skyrocketing. And as you said, betselem has also reported and documented that over 15 different communities have either entirely or partially been uh, 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 transferred, have been coerced to leave their Uh, their lands where they inhabit for decades. And uh, settlers have have been taking over their lands. This is absolutely uh, uh, horrifying. Is this something that, based on your experience and your
5: uh, career as working on this and with other human rights organizations, is this something that is a new phenomenon or is this a continuation of a decades old policy that seems to now be accelerated because the world's attention, uh, Israel's attention, uh, human rights organizations' attention is focused on Gaza?
4: It's absolutely a continuation of a policy accelerating. Uh, uh the same trend that we've seen in the last uh, at least two decades. By the way, every time there were there was a, a, an assault on Gaza, and in recent years we had several of them. Every time, while the assault is ongoing on Gaza, the settlers in the West Bank are doing the same. But this time, and from the three decades that I have been following these issues very intensively and very intimately, uh, I've never seen anything uh, uh, like that this is now uh becomes a strategic issue with uh, uh israeli forces not all, some sometimes standing idly by but sometimes even helping the settlers this is the the kind of testimonies we get from the ground so and this is all part of a big plan that is based on a, on, a, on a jewish supremacy ideology look i'm a, i'm an israeli and i'm jewish <laughs> And I'm pretty much ashamed to say that, but things. Uh, but the truth has to be told. This is not just a, a quarrel over territory. It's about a very racist ideology uh, and with, uh, with a, a goal in mind of having uh, official, uh, you know, legally supported Jewish supremacy regime between the Jordan River and the sea.
5: Let me ask you, do you see it from, again, your area of expertise and, and all of your years of working in this field? Do you see what is happening in Gaza and in the West Bank, two different sides of the same coin of what you just described? You used the word uh, cleansing of Palestinians in the West Bank, and you're talking about establishing Jewish supremacy
4: from the river to the sea. Do you see this the same fight in different ways? It is one conflict. The Israeli-Palestine conflict has been uh, uh, with us for more than a 100 years, and uh, this is all uh, different fronts of the same conflict. And there are people who see those two, uh, all, all of the land as one uh, uh, uh as one category, and all Palestinians as one. I would be though um, hesitant to say that this is exactly the same because when it comes to Gaza, there was uh, an, a, an attack, a vicious attack, where uh, hundreds of Israelis were butchered and more than 240 were kidnapped, uh, children and women, so I think uh, it is different there. The people in the West Bank, unprovoked, have been attacked. Are being attacked. They are being attacked by Israeli civilians, mainly, uh, also by the army. Uh, But I think it's 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 uh, it's not really the same. But it it is all part of the same conflict. And the fact that we're not, you know, wise enough, generous enough to find uh, a a long-lasting solution that would provide for uh, civil rights uh, to be materialized for all the residents of this land between the Jordan River and the sea, it creates all different kinds of uh, of, uh, of atrocities. Uh, uh, and uh, I can only hope that yeah. uh, things will change after this war is over.
5: Michael, let me ask you really quickly, with this violence that is happening in the West Bank, where do you see the situation heading right now? What does it tell us about what is on the horizon, you think?
4: I think if, if, if we don't... Uh, Take a grip of ourselves, and uh, with the aid of friends from around the world, that would put pressure on the Israeli government uh, to do something about this phenomena that is just on a on a on a horrifying scale. Uh, we will see uh, uh, thousands of uh, of Palestinians already uh, uh, the the people that have been displaced in the West Bank. It reaches more than a thousand, third of them children. So uh, these people have nowhere to go. They are. Uh, uh, the weakest of the, of the weakest, uh, uh, communities, uh, between the Jordan river and the sea, they are mainly herding communities and Bedouins living in, uh, in, uh, tents and, uh, and light uh, buildings. Um, and if, uh, if nothing stops the settlers as, as I know how these things happen, if no one stops them, it will only escalate, mm. uh, uh, the settlers when they see that they can get away with these kind of things, the, the, the extreme, uh, segments of the settler community, they will only uh, escalate and they will uh, uh, find it as a tailwind for their uh, uh, crimes.
5: Uh, Michael Safard, I appreciate you taking time and speaking to us this evening. Thank you so much.
0: America, we cannot look at world events one-sidedly. We have to look at it in the totality. As Obama had said, nobody's hands are clean, and that includes the United States of America in the formation, and, and Great Britain in the formation of uh, of Israel proper, uh, in the formation of the United States proper, in the formation of all these, look, nobody's hands are clean. What we must do, however, is atone and also tell the truth so that we don't demonize any particular group Because, just because. Again, there is a lot that we ought to know about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that our own media didn't allow ourselves to know. And there is a lot to the demonization that we have done on people we shouldn't and give praise to those who don't deserve it. Netanyahu deserves no praise. Netanyahu is is inflicting a terrorist act. On Gaza right now, that's not an anti-Semitic statement. That is a statement of fact. The statement of fact is Hamas is a terrorist organization that killed 1,200 Israelis and and does and and they launch rockets into Israel that sometimes get through the dome and cause a few bits of damage, but not a mass amount of killing, not a mass amount of damage. Israel, on the other hand, has gone into Gaza with massive amount of bombs, both locally made by Israel and provided by the United States of America, and have carpet bombed the, I'm, I'm speaking f- figuratively, but the damage is that of what seems to be carpet bombed into Gaza, where there are now there is now at least a ten to one ratio of dead people, dead children, dead women, dead adults. If we want to be honest, and if we want to look the world to look at us as truly being the arbiters of peace, yes, we should be telling these folks to cease fire, but not only cease fire, but to get the hell out of Gaza and to make sure that those be, that not only get out of Gaza, but all the damage done by Israeli and American bombs should all be cleaned up by those who drop those bombs. You don't bomb the place and then you leave it and say, okay, guys, survive as good as as best you can. After you've inflicted all that damage and carnage on someone else. Honesty, integrity, morality is what it's all about. I repeat, honesty, integrity, morality, and most importantly, humanity. And that's definitely what, not what we're seeing from uh, Netanyahu. It's not what we're seeing from the idea. People, your eyes are not deceiving you. Spend your eyes little- are not deceiving you. Welcome aboard, Carl Cox. I hadn't seen you. Thanks, Bridge, for pointing that out for me. Uh, Bridge also want us to read the following. As long as the crime of dispossession and refugeehood that was committed against the Palestinian people in 1947 to 48 is not redressed through a peaceful and just negotiation that satisfied the legitimate rights of both sides, we will continue to see enhancements in both the determination and the capabilities of Palestinian fighters, as has been the case since the 1930s. In fact, wrote Rameji Khoury a professor at the American University of Beirut, in an online column, only stupid or ideologically maniacally, uh, only stupid or ideologically maniacal Zionists fail to come to terms with this fact. Sad, but true. And Bruce, it's great that you saw The farce that Israel tried to put at the the hospital in Gaza when they try to show all that metal next to an MRI machine. You and I know the science behind an MRI machine. Unless that's an MRI machine that was never intended to work, nobody would be crazy enough to put that kind of equipment in there because what it will turn into is a flying stuff of metal coming in there. Bruce, thank you for pointing that out. That was very, very important. And look at what just happened. It seems like we have an Internet glitch right here, but hopefully that will come back. I'm going to continue to tape as I try to get it to come back. Uh, Let's see. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's see if she will reconnect. It looks like she's trying to reconnect right now. Let's hope she does. It seems like she reconnected. It seems like we had a glitch. Who knows? They got to us, folks. They may have gotten to us, but it looked like the glitch has been overcome. It seems like the glitch has been overcome. It had nothing to do with me. It's just that we had, you know, you know how it goes when you're being censored. You know how it goes when you're being censored. But Bruce, thank you for making that catch. When I saw when I saw that thing on TV about, oh, look, at, we found some guns next to the MRI machine. I'm like, yeah, only only a soldier who doesn't know what they're talking about would make that mistake and make it be by an a- a- MRI machine. Come on, guys, at least put it by an X-ray machine. You don't get any electromag you don't get any magnetic, huge magnetic draws right there. Madre mía, me, they just think you're dumb. And because there are a lot of people that are not doing any critical thinking. What can I say? All right. We have uh, Texas Blue Bunnets says, I have a neighbor who traveled to Israel a few months ago. She told me they are constantly having to change their plans while they're dodging the bullets from the Israeli uh, army and Hamas. Paul Fleming says Trump is a wolf in wolves closing. I truly don't understand why Latinos would file for a guy like this that look. Uh, Let me let me finish reading that stated that he would start concentration camps in the Latinos or poise uh, the blood of America. I'll explain that. Remember, Paul, to bring that up tomorrow. I want to tell you something about Latinos as a culture. Uh, So remind me to talk about that tomorrow. But I have one more video that I must show you about Joe Manchin and then we'll take it on the other side. They nailed it. Uh, Simone. Sanders Townsend and Matthew Dowd got it right and you know who doesn't have it Joe Manchin Joe Manchin is now saying yes I am open to run for president of the United States as the third party or who knows what but I tell you what check this piece out because they nail it there is no room for him but it's not only that there's no room for him that is not who the country says that they want check this out we'll take it on the other side
6: We talked about earlier, Senator Joe Manchin says he is absolutely considering running for president. Here's what he told our colleague, Kristen Welker,
2: about what he thinks of President Biden. As you sit here today, do you think President Biden and Vice President Harris are the strongest ticket to represent the Democratic Party in 2024?
3: Not in the centrist part. No, I don't. And they know how I feel. This is not a I do not believe. That they are basically where Joe Biden has come from, and just go back to the campaign. He's been here for long. He understands the system, and I think he's a good man. And we have good conversations. We just disagree. You're going too far left.
6: I, Simone and Matthew is still here. Matthew, Joe Manchin is making this argument that we need this fresh new voice. He's just a few years younger than Biden and Trump, and he's been around Washington for years. What's so new about him?
3: Well, he's held political office for decades, so I don't know what actually he thinks he's going to bring new and fresh to this. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and I think you and I have had this conversation, I don't know what he's actually talking about the center of the the Mm -hmm. country, because he may be unfamiliar (laughs) with what the center of the country is. But almost on every major issue, Joe Biden is in the center, his exact center of the country, is in the center of the country on Roe versus Wade. He's in the center of the country on on common sense gun reform. He's in the center of the country on raising uh, minimum wage and higher taxes on the wealthy. He's in the center of the country on what to do in international politics. He's the center in the country on protecting our democracy. I actually don't know what center he's talking about. And the interesting thing about Joe Manchin to me is he keeps talking about the center of of the country? Well, the center of the country wants something done on climate change. He helped defeat that in significant ways. The center of the country wants something done more seriously on gun reform. He's prevented that from happening. And the center of the country wanted Roe versus Wade enshrined in the law. And because his, his standing up for the rules of the Senate, he's prevented that from happening. So I don't know what center he's actually talking about.
6: Simone, what's your take? I mean, Joe Manchin being pro-coal and pro-gun, that doesn't put him in the center. That puts him in the right. The center of the country also wanted uh, voting rights legislation passed, which was held up because of the filibuster, which Senator Manchin would not support getting rid of. Joe Manchin is not somebody that young people are going to vote for. Joe Manchin is not someone that maybe some of these disaffected Democrats, if that's a word we're going to use, who are, you know, running around saying, oh, I need another option. I don't think Joe Manchin is going to be their other option. Besides Donald Trump's MAGA base, who are down with him taking us on the freeway to fascism, I want to talk about, you know, these recent polls and he's doing well. These other voters who are open to voting for Trump, who say they're unhappy with the economy, what is Donald Trump offering them that Biden is not? Well,
3: I mean, that's that's the logical question. But I think when, when we look at, when we come to elections, emotions take over to a large degree and people go on and sort of a gut sense of things. And so I think part of the problem, I think, with the Biden effort thus far, and though I think it's going to shift, is that they're trying to, they're trying to break an emotional connection with a rational argument about the economy that's not going to work it's not going to work at all you have to redefine the right race in a way that you have you are on firmer ground in this campaign as i said in 2004 the number one issue was was the economy and i was chief strategist for bush we didn't talk about the economy at all we didn't talk about it at all. We talked about national security because we knew that we were on firmer ground in that. And so I think the voters, they're upset. They see a disruptive world. They don't know where to turn. They're, they're, they're dissatisfied with both major party candidates. Both major party candidates among independents have high negative ratings in this. And so I think it's going to come down to is what is the issue the B- Joe Biden and the Biden campaign wants to make this a fundamental argument about? My argument would be. They make it about democracy and the future of our country and all the freedoms that people have because they're going to be taken away if Donald Trump gets back into
0: office. That's what they ought to make the argument about. Now, folks. I hope Joe Biden is listening. I hope he's heeding the warning from both Dowd and Sanders Townsend, because you know what? This is starting to get serious. We need to take back control of the message. We do not relegate that to anyone. We do not relegate that to anyone. Everyone, folks who are coming to the end of the program, please support the program. How can you do that? You can do that by going to politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. And you can also uh, sign up for our newsletter. Everybody who become a paid subscriber to our newsletter, can read all of our books uh, on our Substack channel. Uh, all our books will be online under on Substack. You know, you also have the Substack application or you can read the Substack online. All my books, I'm placing them there. I have two of them there currently. But please, please, please support the program by going to politicsandright.com slash support. Or go ahead and subscribe, become a paid subscriber of our newsletter. How do you do that? You go to politicsandright.com newsletter, politicsandright.com newsletter. Folks, we cannot do this without you. Uh, I, the first story that we covered today was the Univision story. And what I explained in that story is now that Univision is turning into the Spanish Fox News channel, I also explained that if you go to TikTok and all these places, because of the way these algorithms work and because uh, we have invested influencers, invested, uh, the the right-wing invest in these influencers, they pay these influencers and they show up in your feed and you listen to them and they're very well designed. These Spanish, a lot of them don't even look like commercials. They don't even look like ads, but they're putting out a message that would lead you to believe that Trump is a viable alternative or that Republicans are viable alternatives. And we don't have a lot of people doing that. Now, you have folks like me. I have a, if you take a look, I've got my, all all my channels. I have my Twitter channel, my YouTube channel, my Instagram channel, my, my, uh, 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 TikTok channel, my Facebook. Uh, shorts channel, and we create a lot of shorts to put our message into the same domain. One person that's just politics done right doing its part. There, we are not funded from the think tanks like these other guys are. That's why we need your support. That's why we ask you to go to politicsdoneright.com/support. Allow us to continue doing this. We do it a lot cheaper than they do. They are very well funded as they throw out all the crap that they throw out. We put out the truth uh, in a very inexpensive manner. So please go to politicsunright.com slash support to support the program or uh, also and I shouldn't say or I should say, and if you have the wherewithal to do so, uh, go to politicsunright.com slash newsletter and become a paid subscriber of our newsletter. We can't do this alone. We can't do this without you. This is a team effort that we have to do to make sure that we can get the message out to people who will then become voters that vote their interests. And if they vote their interests, they'll vote like most of you who are voting the progressive ticket in this room. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. I want to thank everybody that's been out here. My name is Egberto Willis. It's Politics and Right. And you know, in this baby, I am what? Out!